Welcome back, everybody, to the CCV Students Podcast. Uh, Eric here, and Jared is still missing. We have not yet found him. Hopefully, he will return at some point. Um, but I am sitting here with none other than Jason Seeger. Uh, you can say hello. Make sure your mic you say, works. Yeah, you say none others. Like uh, who? There's like a million other guys out there. Well, yeah, there are sitting in his chair, but none of them are as amazing as you. That you're too kind. Jason, you really are. Uh, Jason is, I mean, veteran coach for a decade, almost. Yeah, about nine years. Oh man, uh, you're on staff now as uh, an associate pastor. Yes, which means you do very important things all the time. Once I find those things out, I will start doing them <laughs> right away. I, I love your go get them attitude. Yes. Um, and we're also neighbors. Which yes, we are. We live across the street from each other. A wonderful cul-de-sac. It is just great. Filled Our, with kiddos. They they frolic all the on time. a regular basis. And we try not to frolic too much with them. Yes, but every Because then we then. embarrass them. We do, because we show that we are better. Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> And then that's when my kid breaks his arm again and again and again in our cul-de-sac. Got to have him drink more milk. It was ironic, though. I saw him in a cast, and he was on one of those hoverboards Uh spinning around. Yep, Yep. that Uh, is. Okay, you're preparing for the next arm. He, yeah, he, we tell him to be careful. Uh, Please, you you know, do try not to (laughs) damage this arm that is currently healing in a cast. But he's a 10-year-old boy, so yeah, what do you do? he's going to uh, just take him back to the doctor. There it is. Uh, fix it again. I don't know. Yep. So and bring the hoverboard in. We, Show them why. We are putting the uh, the orthopedics uh, kid through college, I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, just with Hendrick alone. That is awesome. We and, talked about one time uh, surrounding and wrapping our children with bubble wrap. Yes. Uh, at least the boys anyways, because they were always coming home with something new damaging them. A cut or a bruise, a twisted ankle because they decided to sled down the stairs. Yes. Like home alone. Yeah. But we we had stairs that turned and went the other direction. (laughs) Apparently, Peyton didn't get that memo that sleds going down the stairs, or in this case, a cardboard box, doesn't turn 180 degrees. There's so, not yeah. always time to think through all the steps, yeah, Jason. I, I'm not really good at drywall <laughs> drywall repair, but you learn over the years. You do. Yep. Uh, if you have boys, you, you have just... drywall drywall repair skills. Wow, that is tough to say. That is. I don't know how dry, drywall contractors drywall. do it. I don't know. All right. Um, all right. So anyway, uh, we're here to talk about well, whatever we want, really, because again, Jared's not here. Uh, that is awesome. I know. So we can do whatever we want whatever. for about twenty minutes. I actually hope he's listening. I'm sure he is. He's cringing in his seat right now. <laughs> oh, no, Jason and Eric are together. He's going to suddenly come back right after this podcast drops. During the podcast. Yes. He's going to walk through that door and interrupt. Yes. Um, but we are here to talk because you are, uh, among many things, you're just a terrific coach. Well, thank you. Uh, you lead uh, You lead your guys well. You lead discussions extremely well. Um and you were you were telling me one thing you also do really well is keep the guys in your group away from your daughter. Oh yeah, which oh, yeah. is remarkable, and I love. Uh, just, you have to tell the story because it was just well, amazing. Well, to to start this whole thing off, the really the driving force with me wanting to become a high school coach in the first place, my oldest son Preston was uh, leaving the sixth grade up weekend, and I became a coach in junior high for none other than my kids. I wanted to be in their lives. I have two sons. And because of that, my daughter, 
who, um, she's 18 now, but she just assumed that dad was going to stay in high school, even though the boys had gone, she was still there. And so, of course, stuck around. She got into high school and, you know, knee deep because I think Preston was a senior at that time. Um, Peyton was a junior. And so I had all these junior, senior high school boys and, and, you know, kind of threw in some freshmen and sophomore, uh, peppered them in there. And so I basically looked at all of my high school boys and those boys around our high school boys. And I said, my daughter does not exist to the universe. <laughs> you can just walk by. She, you don't even talk to her. Be rude. In fact, if I see you talking to her, now we're going to have a conversation. And we don't want to have that conversation. So you don't have that conversation. Just, just walk on by. Well, she didn't know I said all of this until her junior year when she realized that no boys were talking to her and she wanted to know why. And I just was frank. I said, I told them not to talk to you. And she was, what are you doing to me? I'm like protecting you. Being a good these, dad. These boys, they don't, they don't know. I mean, they're <laughs> 17 years old. Their frontal lobes are still mush. Yeah, yeah. It's not even fully it's, formed it's jello. Tapioca pudding up there. It's horrible. But uh, be that as it may, when my boys... Uh, and I, and I don't want to say mine because that's not fair. Rich Rice and I coached for a long time together. Tyler Jenkins was a part of our uh, group for a long time. Uh, he got married and started having kids of his own. And that, you know, kind of played with schedule. But I don't want to say mine. Our boys, uh, when they would come to us, they would ask us primarily about dating. They would ask us about girls and, you know, what. when can you start dating, stuff like that. And all the time, it was just, look, guys, four things. Uh, you you got to have a car because you don't want your parents driving you. That's weird <laughs> and awkward um, for your parents, really, not yes. even for you. <laughs> you got to have a job because, again, you don't want your parents paying for your date. That doesn't bode well for you in the future. Not good optics. No. So if you have a car, you have a job, great. And then after those two things, uh, what are you doing to, to grow closer with Jesus on a daily basis, and what will you be doing to help her grow closer with Jesus? And I thought those were four fair questions to ask. Yeah, that kind of gets the ball rolling. And so all my all of the, our students were like, "Yeah, okay, we can wrap our minds around that." Uh, fast forward, uh, senior in our group, uh, Trevor, he asked me to coffee. Like, not a big deal. Most of our students asked us to coffee, and so we're sitting at coffee, and he says, "Okay." Uh, talking about dating. And I said, hey, where you at? And he goes, well, you know, I have a job. Good. And I'm like, great. He goes, yep. And I have a car. I said, wonderful, man. You're <laughs> two out of four. He goes, well, and this is what I'm doing to to grow closer with Jesus. I'm, you know, we're, we do you version devotionals and I'm doing those with you and some other guys and I'm doing my own Bible study plan. I'm like, that's fantastic. And he says, and here's how I'd like to help Paige grow closer with Jesus. And I was, <laughs> Long pause at that coffee place. I knew why he asked me in public. Yeah, but anyways, very smart because he wanted to be seen again. He wanted, yes, he <laughs> wanted, he wanted to know what that conversation was going to be like. <laughs> uh, but it was a good conversation because um, he had figured out those four things. Yeah, uh, and he is currently dating my daughter. Ooh. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, we took a family photo. 
and he's smack dab in the middle. He's not even on the outside. He made it to the family photo <laughs> yeah, already? He, he did. This and kid's got game. He's a really nice young man. Uh, the, the choices my three older kids have made for significant others. My two sons are engaged. And of course, Paige and Trevor are dating. And uh, they made really good choices. But they all came from the CCV's student ministry. Ooh. Every that's, one of them. That's quite the the promo it, for well, any students who stumble upon this uh, podcast. Yes. Uh, stay engaged in student ministry because that is where you find a quality you might, significant other. You might just find a quality, <laughs> uh, a quality individual to share life with. Um, well, for, for existing coaches— yeah, uh, let's so talk the, about existing. Thank you very much for coaching existing <laughs> yes, coaches. You've you've already you've already taken the the first step. Um, but something that you do so well as a coach is lead lead group discussions that are not awkward uh, because we've we've all been a part of them. Oh. Uh, new coach or new group or just uh, so many dynamics can contribute to it. But you've been in those like teeth pulling conversations where you've you're kind of trying to go off the guide and trying to read the group and no one's participating and like or one person is participating constantly like uh, where it just feels like this is not going well. I don't know what is going on. Mm-hmm. You uh, break that mold and do an excellent job of just engaging your group. They want to talk. The The conversation flows fairly naturally. Yeah. If you could share some insight into how you do that, I think it would benefit every coach listening. <laughs> Well, I, I think for the first thing I tell any coach, uh, you have to know your students, know where they go to high school. Uh, it in it that starts well well before group time. Um, that starts at, before the music starts, where you're asking your students, "Hey, how did it go?" Uh, if you know they play football, find out what the score was. Um, any kind of sport, any kind of academic. We have a young man who joined our group. Um, he played chess. He was like a master chessman. Uh, yeah. I think that's what uh, you call them. Probably. Bobby He's, Fisher. Bobby, okay. He was much smarter than me. When I found out he played chess, we keyed in on that. Um, there's a game called Lords of Catan. Okay. Uh, Is that different than Settlers of Catan? Oh, sorry. Settlers of Catan. Lords, it's all. Settlers of Catan, they, I'm sorry, I said Lords of Catan because they actually started a text uh, string group and they're called Lords of Catan. (laughs) That's how Catan is. Uh, I played this game every once in a while. Again, my sons brought it home. So I played with them this game. It's kind of a fun game, but we would stay up till two in the morning at CIY. Inside our rooms, by the way, security listening. That is, we were in our rooms and we were quiet. (laughs) As a a disclaimer, Um, (laughs) we would stay and play this game. But it was, it wasn't necessarily because I absolutely loved the game. Yeah, it was because I loved the students, and they loved the game. And you get to know your students. You have to know your students because now the the messages that are brought, the music that is sung. The, the guides that give you questions and leads a, lead you into a discussion or a good conversation, those don't happen because the questions are so awesome. Because yeah, they are. Not. They're good <laughs> questions. They're thought-provoking. I love the questions. But the problem is, if you just read the questions and you don't know your group, they're not going to talk. They don't trust you. 
They don't so trust true. you enough to open up and to share. That trust is built way before. Um, and I know everybody keeps saying, you, you got to go to camp. You got to go to summer camp. You got to go to summer camp. It's important. If you can't make it to summer camp, that means you have to do summer camp. Those things that, that you didn't get a chance to do at summer camp, you have to do before church starts, before the experience even happens. You yeah. have to engage with those guys or those girls to say, how was your week? What's going on in your world? And be available to listen. Period. And they're, they're going to come to you with weird stuff. Trust me, I have been <laughs> a part of conversations where I, the questions that they ask, like you want to go, what school do you go to? Where do you live? Like, what are you watching? Because they just want to know. And to be honest with you, you're the person ahead of them in life. Uh, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> There's the, re the responsibility is on you to tell them, hey, I did stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, we have a young man who wants to play all the sports and he wants to go into the military to be a sniper. Oh, I was never in the military. I love our veterans, but I don't know what life is like. And so knowing that, I said, hey, let's go find somebody. Yeah. So we hooked him up with a guy that I knew was in the military. And as much as it wasn't me, I knew him enough to get him in, in touch with somebody who could speak his language. And because of that, that helped me out with him. Yeah. You because he knew through yeah. that. And so you don't have to have all the answers, but you have to be, again, you just have to be open. So yeah. uh, I think it starts there. All to right. have good groups, that's an entirely different, that's an entirely different ballgame. Yeah. So once you've built that trust uh, and they they know you, they trust you, they like you, they they want to talk to you, what are some things that, how do you leverage that or how does that um, lead to those better group conversations where you, where, where you're like, Hey guys, we got to shut this down. Cause we got stuff to do rather than dear heavens. When is this time over? Yeah. We had those times uh, again in the circle where, uh, you know, first thing we did uh, and Rich was great at this. He would have all the guys take their cell phones and put them in a pile. Ooh. Uh, so if you're a coach out there and you're like, Hey, how do I deal with the cell phone issue? If you're in a place where you can pile up the phones away from your circle, do that. That's We did that in our Bible studies. We would do that in our C, uh, at camp. We would do that in our circle time, uh, our group time after uh, the experience was over on the weekends. S cell phones were away. They were under your chairs. They were in a pile. They were off. After that, um, we just found ourselves, it was... <laughs> It's actually a cool story, and it was birthed out of camp. Uh, I told Rich one night, I said, man, we just, how do we get these guys to know each other? Because as much as they need to trust you, they need to trust the other guys. So true. And so I said, uh, we're done. We're done. We're done trying to just get it out of them. I go, Rich, what do you think? And I told him my idea. And he goes, I think it's a great idea. So we sit down in a big circle, and I'm like, okay, find two guys you don't really know. <laughs> and go talk to them. We'll see you in about 10, 15 minutes. I want you to talk to them about what they heard tonight. I want you to talk to them about how they're going to apply it to their lives. I want you to talk to them about their high school, their game, the sports that they play, the grades that they get, what's their favorite season. Uh, I don't care what you guys talk about. 
I'm going to give you 20 minutes. And I just gave them all the freedom to just go off. But they couldn't go off with all their buddies. Yeah. They, our group was diverse enough that there were students in our groups, there were guys in our groups that didn't know each other. So you picked those guys. And we policed that, by the way. Oh, yeah. You we know. Didn't, <laughs> we didn't just let them. We were like, uh-uh. No, no, no. You go over there. <laughs> and that, we still do that to this day. Man. That group, after the experience is over, they'll come out to circle time and they'll break the circle. <laughs> and they'll they'll get into groups of three. Now that they all know each other, those conversations go deeper. Yeah. And they're student-led. And we get together afterwards and we're like, okay, what did you guys talk about? And somehow that broke barriers. And yeah. so now they're able to talk about it. And because they have already talked about it, they know what they want to say. So it's easier for them. Yeah. They've been able to process it in a smaller... Unbelievable. Group. Because... When you write, when you ask a question um, based on the message that they heard, well, you you have the questions as a coach. <laughs> yeah. So you're listening to the message. And if you're a good coach, I was never this good of a coach. Uh, <laughs> if you're a good coach, you're, you have read the questions before going into the message so that you can start formulating how you might want to ask this question, mm -hmm. right? If you're a, a decent coach, and I'll place myself in that, you read the questions as the message was ending. <laughs> you were, and you were like, hey, how do I apply this? How do I apply this? If you're an awful coach, you don't even read the questions. Uh, you at least have to read the questions because the questions will give you an idea of how this group is going to go, what this conversation, where the flow is going to go. Even if you don't read the questions word for word, you have an idea of who is writing this question. They have heard the message. So they have a they have a better insight. Now you get that question, and now you take that question, and you're like, okay, where did you want to go? Okay, this direction. Here are my students. That, if is this direction, and and then you go with it, and you take the maybe you take the idea of the question, and you shape yourself a good question to ask your group because you know them. Yeah. Think about this. They do the work for you, in their groups of three or four, student led. You right. give them a direction and they process it. Then they come back and now an entire group has processed this question like you have. You you might not be able to get out of there because <laughs> now they want to talk. Yeah. Because they've broken the barriers. They've processed it. They want to know. It's a good, it, it for us, it was fantastic. Yeah. For us, it was fantastic. Uh, and it really led to good conversations. At camp, we actually allowed a couple of our students to lead a large group uh, time. So yeah. after they came back from their groups of three, we just kept the students going. <laughs> just keep throwing fuel on the fire. And, and I'm not kidding you. The moment that if you have a student in your group that you can identify as a leader, and I'm thinking of them right now, it is amazing when you give that student the opportunity to lead. Hmm. not only do the other students want to come with that student, but now you have those students that you didn't think were leaders seeing one of theirs lead. Yeah. And now we have those students, and I'm thinking of them right now, leading. They would have never led. Because when, you, when you're when you the adult, you know everything, which we don't. <laughs> but we pretend they think like they it. do. Yeah. But that perception of they know everything, I can never be that. Yeah. 
when you give the student the opportunity to lead, you tell all the other students, it's okay for me to lead. Man. I, I, that to me was, that was mind-blowing. That's so, so uh, out of the box. I think none of us would typically think like, oh, let's break the script like that. Because we just get in this, well, here's how it works. We mm -hmm. sit through this experience, then we go out and we find a spot, and then I've got these questions, make the best of it. And so something that that seems like not all that complicated just wouldn't cross a lot of our minds. Um, and different group dynamics may play differently. Like you've spent years building trust with these guys, uh, building up leaders. This might be a, a thing that a group tries, like just to just to break the script. Uh, one night or one one time at camp and you go and do that. Uh, if you're coaching junior high, there might be a lot more parameters on that. Sure. Like, hey, I'm going to give you seven minutes instead of 15. Right. And I'm going to hand you like two specific questions, talk about this. Uh, you know, you just keep the reins a little bit more. Again, it's because you know your group. Yeah. If you have a group of squirrels, giving that group of squirrels seven minutes, yeah, you, you might want to you might want to create a, a tighter playpen, if you will. <laughs> uh, and we tried this when we first started this. Our guys were sophomores and juniors in high yeah. school. Uh, so they were coming out of the squirrel-esque mentality. Yeah. But they were still, you know, squirrels. Mm -hmm. They still got distracted by whatever bug was crossing, you know, in front <laughs> of them. So don't think by all means that this is, you know, your graduated senior dudes that you've had since birth and you know <laughs> their favorite flavor of jello. Nope. This is this is sophomores and juniors. That yeah. coaches, they will rise to the challenge. Yes. If you're again open to give them the opportunity, give them the challenge to rise too. Yeah. That was that was huge for us. Man. And yeah, play around with it. I mean, you don't I mean, that's the great thing about high school coaching. It it has its ebbs and flows. Yeah. It will it will go uh where the group wants it to go. But again, it starts with you knowing your students, giving them the opportunity to lead, giving them the ability to lead. Yeah. Man, I'm your your group will have great conversations. So true. And yeah, it can be a a one-off thing. It could be a once-in-a-while thing. This is mm -hmm. We're not saying this is the new paradigm oh, no. by which you should run your groups all the time. It's just a, it's a tool in the tool belt, especially if you're just in a season where it feels like every week you're just Ugh. banging your head against a wall. Yeah. Try this one week and just see like how it breaks things up and then maybe come back the next week and do things more traditionally, but mm -hmm. maybe there's a, a slight shift in the dynamic. Yeah. And it's, it's something to play around with. Don't be afraid to knowing your students uh, to, to just mess around with stuff and yeah. see how, how they respond and, and challenge those leader kids. I love what you said about that. Like give them the chance to step up. Yeah. Um, Cause they probably don't even know they're a leader, but you can see it in them. That's the most amazing thing. They don't see what you see. So give them an opportunity. Yeah. The, the only other thing I would tell you as a coach that really worked for me, and I know it works for other coaches because I, I, you know, as you, as you are a coach, you talk to other male coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, be vulnerable. Yeah. I had a, a situation arrive health-wise last year that um, it was so hilarious. I went to summer camp not knowing I had a, a blood clot in my leg. And I actually, they thought it was something else. 
and I actually played Can Jam. We went down to the finals in Can Jam <laughs> with Corbin Figueroa. He was my partner, and we were actually winning. Of course. And uh, I, I'm for the life of me, I can't remember uh, the student's name who threw the frisbee, and it went through the slot to win. Oh my game over. And, Corbin had the opportunity. He could try to slot it out as well. And he almost did it. It was the most amazing can jam game I had ever been in. <laughs> Although I lost. Uh, it was a really, I mean, I watched the whole thing happen. Yeah. It was unfolding in front of my eyes. It was actually really cool. But my leg was full. It was like asleep. Like the whole time, the whole week. I mean, I remember walking, thinking to myself, this is horrible. Um, there are two young men in our group, uh, Ronan and Gavin, and uh, I could only walk about 100 yards before the pain in my foot was just so intense I'd have to stop walking. And Rich would take the rest of the group and he'd go to where we were going to meet. And I remember Ronan and Gavin every every night walking back, you know, the three miles from you know the arena to the dorm <laughs> rooms. Oh my word, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it but is. It's, it's, it's a bad place lose, to be if you have a blood clot in your yeah, leg. Yeah, yeah, and you'll lose weight. Trust me. <laughs> you know, walking back and forth, they would walk with me and and pause. And I remember thinking to myself, uh, it hurt. Yeah. And I didn't hold that in. Hmm. And I remember having the best conversations with these two young men as we walked and paused and walked and paused. And because I was vulnerable to share the the literal pain, yeah, it also brought out emotional stuff that I was going through, uh, how I was dealing with my job, uh, the family, my kids, all the while going through this. Because I was vulnerable, they were vulnerable, and yeah. they started sharing stuff from their childhood that we all need to deal with. We. Uh, we are tight, their family and our family to this day. And uh, Gavin and Ronan, when they graduated, uh, they went, uh, they did a, a special trek together, a hike. And I remember thinking to myself as I'm getting text messages uh, <laughs> with them, uh, pictures of them on their hike. It's because we established something. Yeah. We were vulnerable with each other. Coaches, if you're too tough and too guarded, your students will be tough and guarded. Yeah. Um, the This last message series was about a, a heaven and okay. what it takes to get to heaven and who gets to go to heaven. And um, one coach that I talked with, he went through a pretty devastating time and he could have guarded himself and he didn't. Hmm. And he had a group of 15-year-old freshmen and sophomores quiet because he opened his heart yeah and shared what was going on and they they knew and i was i was telling john the coach you have no idea what that will do for the future yeah because you were open and you were honest and he said are you kidding a one of our students who had never spoke up spoke up <laughs> Yeah. Because he spoke up. Yeah. You're setting that example. You, so know your students. Break the mold. Mm -hmm. Try stuff. Yeah. And be vulnerable. I'm not... It's that easy. It's just that easy. However, on the 
ironic side, it's just that hard. Yeah, it's it's simple but difficult because it all it's on you. It's on your <laughs> yeah. ego. It's on your timeline. If you want to be tough and guarded and just read questions, and you think to yourself, "How come my students aren't engaging?" Well, there's no <laughs> surprise there. Yeah. But if you get to know your students, if you try things and allow them to be leaders and you're open and vulnerable, you're going to come back and go, this was an amazing time. And all you're doing is shaping the future. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're shaping the future of not only the kingdom, but our, our culture is a mess right now. Yeah. And if you don't think it's a mess, then you do need to call me. <laughs> Can point you to some, uh, yeah. some websites or yeah, something. Yeah, how about <laughs> just, Yeah. <laughs> But you're changing culture. Yeah. You're changing culture when you have good conversations with our students. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, not to put the yoke as heavy on you right now, but... Yeah, but it's so true. We, we say it all the time. We mean it sincerely. From, from the team I'm on, where we focus so heavily on most of what you see on the stage, just because it takes a lot of manpower and effort yeah. to pull that off, uh, what we believe from the bottom of our hearts is that what happens in those groups is the most important thing that's going to happen on a weekend. It, it's the launching point. The, yeah. the messages and the music are awesome, but that's the launching point. Yeah, we're, we're just... What happens after that is the most important thing. Absolutely. And coaches, I'm telling you, I, I was in your shoes. I was in your shoes. I was in the seats and I was thinking to myself, I could never measure up to what was happening on stage. The music and the messages are so good. How could I ever measure up to that? I was in your shoes. I thought those thoughts and I could not be farther from the truth. What we do in a group, in a small group, that is the most meaningful and by the way, the most measurable because you see your students grow. Yeah. You hear them and how they're going to their schools and being bold for Jesus. That's measurable. That's you, coaches. That's you. Giving them the opportunity to lead in your group gives them the opportunity to lead in their schools. And now you have students in schools standing up for Jesus. That's measurable. And that's changing culture. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jason, that is so good. And I would honestly sit here talking to you about coaching and students for for hours and hours and hours. I would love that, but uh, nobody wants to listen for hours and hours and hours. I know. So we're gonna have to break this up. We're gonna have to have you back sometime to just I would love to talk come back. more uh, because you are you are amazing. Uh, you're just wow. an amazing man of God, a terrific father. Uh, personally, living across the street from you uh, is a blessing to me. Well, uh, I would say the same. I, I see what I aspire to. Uh, uh, just no, in the way you've raised your kids, in in the way you uh, lead and love your family. Um, uh, I'm I'm honored to know you, sir. Uh, You're too kind. And, well, it's uh, right back at you. It really is. And if you don't know this about uh, my main man, Eric here, he is an amazing craftsman. And when I see him in his driveway building things with his hands, um, it really does make me feel less of a person. <laughs> and I go inside and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to buy some power tools. And my wife will say, 
what are you going to do with them? I'm like, I'm going to give them to Eric so he can build me something. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. That uh, is an awesome way to end this. <laughs> so uh, coaches, thank you. I, I think we may have talked a little longer than we usually do, but sorry, but no, no, no. It, it's so good. Uh, I don't want to cut anything out. Um, so we're going to let you go, uh, but uh, thank you for devoting the time to listening. Uh, I hope that you will just go and apply uh, some of these nuggets from uh, from a veteran, just dare I say, expert coach. Ooh, uh, <laughs> you're, you're da- it's a dangerous, dangerous word. Um, but no, this is this is really valuable stuff. So please go uh, try it out, see how it changes your group dynamics, um, and thank you for pouring into students uh, and for investing in yourself to become a better coach. Because as we always say, when the coach gets better, the whole student ministry gets better. Uh, so thank you, and we will see you guys next time. 